You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you with us. We're in our leadership edition of the How to Win, and I am poised. I am ready to coach and mentor you. I want to thank you so very much for taking this journey with me. Listen, leadership is a journey. It's not an event, not a destination, but a journey. And I can promise you, if you will commit the time to walk out this journey with me, I believe in less than a year, you're going to be so far down the road in your leadership that you're not going to be able to recognize yourself. You're going to operate at a high level. So thank you for joining me today. I'm teaching a broad series, a thorough series entitled The Essence of Leadership. This is our second part. There are several parts to this series. In part one, we were talking about what is leadership. Spent several lessons. You can go back on YouTube, go back to Mike Moore Ministries, and you can pull up those lessons. In part two, we're teaching on the subject, what are the goals of leadership? What are we trying to accomplish as leaders? And this is our third and final lesson in this part. What are the goals of leadership? In our first episode, we learned that the goal of leadership is developing people while delivering good results to the organization. In our second episode, we learned that the goal of leadership is to create an environment that brings out the best in people through respect and care, resources, and continued support. So in this lesson, We're going to teach the third goal of leadership, and this is our final lesson in this part, and we'll go to another part in our next episode. The goal of leadership, here's the third goal. The goal of leadership is to achieve high team performance, to achieve high team performance. Now, episode one, we were teaching about people, developing people. Episode two, we were teaching about environment. This episode, we're teaching on the team. And I am so excited to share these principles and insight with you about achieving team performance. You know, uh, when I look back 
Uh, my career has been in the area of ministry, and I've pastored for 42 years and eight months. And I think most people who have known me and aware of the ministry would say that I was successful. And I thank God. In fact, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that I had done what God sent me to do. Wow, that was a blessing to hear that. But like most leaders, honest leaders, you look back and you kind of wish you could have done this and you should have done this, maybe done this better. And I'm no different. I am really so motivated to share with you on leadership because I don't want you to do some things I did. And then there's some things I did. I want you to do those things. You know what I mean? I, I, I wish I could say I was perfect. I wish I could say I did everything right. Uh, but I learned something about people People don't really expect us to be perfect, but they do expect us to be honest. And so I try to be honest. But this area is so, so very important for you as a leader. Achieving high team performance. These leadership lessons are based off biblical principles. In 1980, the Holy Spirit said to me that the word is the answer in any area. So the word is the answer for leadership. So let's look at a proof text, Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 13 in the New Living Translation. And Jesus, let's look at him because he is the greatest leader to ever walk the face of the earth. Now watch this. Listen at this. One day, this is Luke 6, 12 through 13, New Living Translation. One day soon after, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and he chose 12 among them to be apostles. One of the most important decisions that Jesus made in his earthly ministry and one of the most important decisions that you will make in your leadership journey is the selection and development of a team. Now, the text says that Jesus prayed all night. That's literally. Think about that. Here's a man who understands the importance, the greatness of having the right team and having a good team is that he spends the entire night. That's a lot of hours. The entire night praying about his first team. This team he called apostles. The text lets us know that he had many disciples, but he wanted to develop a team. 
a team of 12 people that the scripture calls apostles. Now, the responsibilities of leadership includes attracting, aligning, developing, and motivating a team toward achieving organizational goals. Your responsibility, one of your main responsibilities as a leader is to align, to attract, align, develop, and motivate a team, a team. So this goal of leadership is so very, very important. I can't tell you. I'm just jumping up and down. I know from experience, I know from study, the importance of this lesson and the importance of you achieving a high team performance. So let's talk about what is a team, ground level. What is a team? One of the most important responsibilities and the decisions that you will make is to attract and develop a team. So what is a team? A team is a group of people with complementary skills. They have diverse roles, but complementary skills who are collectively responsible for achieving a common objective for the organization. I'll say that again. A team is a group of people with complementary skills who are collectively responsible for achieving a common objective for the organization or their organization. So a team is a group of people, group of people. Some people say a small group of people, but it could be a large group of people like a football team. Football team has 60-some players on the team, 50-some players on the team. The offense has so many players who play offense. The defense has so many players. So it could be a large group of people or it could be a small group of people like 12 apostles. But it's a group of people. It's a group of people. And this group of people have complementary skills. You're bringing people with skills to the table on this team. Complementary simply means that when you bind, combine the skills of the individual teammates, this combination enhances each individual and their skill set. So you're bringing individuals to the team. They're individuals and they have individual skills and abilities and capacities. But when you combine these individual team members together, that combination or combining of their talents enhances them. In other words, as a pastor, as uh, uh, I had a skill set 
And my primarily uh, ability was to feed the flock, to feed the flock. I was to feed the congregation with the word of God. However, separated from others who had skill sets, I couldn't operate at a high level. If I didn't have someone in administration and someone in production and someone in worship and someone in uh, pastoral care, all these different roles and responsibilities enhance what I was doing. And that's what complementary means. It means that when you bring the individuals and their skill sets and combine them with the group, then the group enhances the individual skill sets. In other words, we're better with others than we are by ourselves. We're better as a group than we are as individuals. We can accomplish more as a group, as a team, than we can accomplish by ourselves. So a team is a group of people with complementary skills who have, watch this now, who are collectively responsible. In, in other words, every person on the team is responsible for a job, for doing a job. And when we all do our job, collective responsibility, when we all do our job, we're effective. It is a group of people, a team is a group of people with complementary skills, who are collectively responsible. So we have to all do our, our job. You know, one person doesn't do his or her job, then it affects the team. Collective responsibility, achieving a common objective. So we have to have a common objective. I was talking to my team uh, at Mike Moore Ministries, and we're developing the infrastructure of Mike Moore Ministries, and I have a small team. And I was talking about our objective, our common pur purpose at this stage in our uh, journey together. And I wanted everybody on the team to understand the common objective. This is what we're trying to accomplish. This is what we want to accomplish. This is how we will know we're winning, getting everybody on the same page. Now, let's talk about it. We see that Jesus chose 12 apostles. He chose a team. Let's talk about the importance of a team and it, the importance of teamwork. There's a beautiful book, and I read, I read all the time, and I try to share some of these books with you. There's a book by Patrick Lenciani, and the title of the book is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He says something in his book that I like to quote that's so powerful to me, so relevant to what I'm teaching you. He said, not finances, not strategy 
not technology. It is teamwork that remains the ultimate competitive advantage, both because it is so powerful and so rare. What profound words. These are profound words. He says not finances. He says not finances, and we know no finances are important. He said not strategy. We all know that you strategy is a part of our leadership, uh, the operation of high-level leadership. Not technology. We have to. Technology is affording me the privilege now to share with you wherever you are on planet Earth. It's through technology. So technology is important. So he says not finances, not strategy, not technology. He says it's teamwork that gives us the ultimate competitive advantage. If we want to have an advantage in our leadership, we must develop teams. And we must cause those teams to achieve high performance. It gives us the ultimate competitive advantage. And he says, because both it is so powerful, teamwork is so powerful, but then he says it's so rare. Think about that. He said teamwork is powerful, but teamwork is rare. Then he goes on to say, I can say confidently that teamwork is almost always lacking within organizations that fail. He said teamwork is almost always lacking within organizations that fail. He said when you see an organization that fail, usually it's a failure in the area of teamwork. And then he says but it's often present, teamwork is often present within organizations that succeed. Teamwork, he says, is not a virtue, it's a choice, a strategic one. We're talking about the importance of teams and teamwork. And we see in scripture that Jesus operated with a team, that one of the first things he did First things he did was to develop a team, attract and develop a team. Paul operated with a team. Barnabas was a part of his team. John Mark was a part of his team. Silas was a part of his team. Timothy and uh, Luke and Titus and others were a part of his team. When you read the epistles, and especially at the end of chapters, like at the end of Romans and at the end of some of these epistles, he always highlighted individuals that were a part of his team. The apostle, great apostle Paul, is said to have read two-thirds of the New Testament. We know that he established churches in the known world at that time. Just absolutely amazing. 
but he understood the importance, and you, listener, must understand the importance of developing a team. Moses operated with a team, and we're gonna, I'm going to quote a text to, to show you how Moses operated through a team. I want you to make note of Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 13 in the New King James Version. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, Moses says, I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was that when Moses held up his hand, when he held the rod up, the scripture says that Israel prevailed. When Moses let down the rod, it says that Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands was heavy. He's holding up this, this rod that God had given him. And he's on the hill and he's holding up this rod and the supernatural anointing is flowing through this fight. And Joshua and his men in the valley, they fight. And when he held that rod up, Joshua and his men prevailed in the valley, but his hands got tired. And every time that rod came down, the Bible says Amalek prevailed. So they, the scripture says, Aaron and Hur took a stone and put it under Moses, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. What a powerful illustration of team work. Now notice the Bible says that Amalek came up against Israel. Moses turned to Joshua and said, Now Joshua, I want you to choose an army of men. And I want you to go in the valley, and I want you to fight against Amalek. So Joshua and his men is, are in the valley. Moses said, I'm going to go up on top of the hill. Aaron and Hur, along with Moses, went to the top of the hill. And Moses said, I'm going to hold up this rod. And the Bible says, when he held up the rod, Joshua and his men prevailed over Amalek. But when his hands got tired, the rod came down, and the Amalek, uh, the Malachites, they prevail. So Aaron and her came up with a strategy. We got to help our leader. He's getting tired. So they, they both lifted up a stone, put the stone in place, asked Moses to sit on the stone, 
So Moses, hold up your rod. Now hold up your rod. And Moses held up the rod, and they got on each side. Aaron on one side, held up his hands. Her on the other side, held up his hands. And the Bible says to the going down of the sun, he had to hold that thing up all day, all afternoon. Think about it. That's a long time to hold up anything. So Moses needed some help, and they got on one side. The other guy on the other side, they held his hand steady, and then Israel prevailed. We got a team. We got teamwork. We got Moses. We got Aaron. We got her. We got Joshua. And we got Joshua's army. They're all a part of one team. And notice they prevail. Moses prevailed through the team. Now, with that illustration in mind, let's talk about the elements of an effective team. The elements of an effective team. I'm a, a sports enthusiast. I played sports in high school, elementary school, junior high, and I played sports in college, basketball in college. So I just love sports. And many of my analogies come through sports. And so I love basketball. And, and my favorite team is the Golden State Warriors. All you haters out there, don't, don't you stop listening to me. I'm joking. But the Golden State Warriors, are, even though right now they're struggling with some uh, injuries and all that, but when they're healthy, when they're healthy, they are the most amazing team. Just absolutely amazing team. The starting five is usually Steph Curry, point guard, Clay Thompson, shooting guard, Andrew Wiggins is a, a forward, small forward, and then you have Dramon Green, who is a power forward, and then you have LaVon Looney, who's the center. And boy, they're a beautiful team. And then you got Jordan Poole and all the others coming off the bench. It's a beautiful thing to see how they operate when they're healthy. Just an amazing team. We see in our biblical illustration of how Moses and Aaron and Hur and Joshua and his army operated as a team. So when we look at these two things, the Golden State Wars, and we look at our illustration in Exodus chapter 17, what are the common elements of a team? Number one, a common objective. A common objective. What was the objective in Exodus 17? What was Moses and his team of to defeat the Amalekites? What is the objective of the Golden State Warriors to win the championship? They wanted to they want to win the trophy, the championship. Common objective. Clear roles and expectations. Clear roles. Teammates must have clear roles and expectations. Moses' role, go up on the mountain and hold up the rod. Aaron's role and her role, hold up Moses' hands. Joshua's role, lead his army. The army role is to defeat the Amalekites. Clear roles, expectations. 
Steph Curry's role is to be the point. He's the shooter. He's the master shooter. He's the greatest shooter to ever live. You got Klay Thompson probably in his day, apart from his injuries, <clears throat> probably the greatest, one of the second greatest shooters to ever live. He, his job is to shoot, play defense. You got Jermaine Green, his role, we expect you to bring the ball and facilitate, get everybody in place, facilitate that ball. Andrew Wiggins, defense, give us some offense, some rebounding. And then you got Looney, you got to rebound, got to play defense. Everybody has to have clear roles and expectations on your team. Collective responsibility, number three, everybody got to do their job. Everybody, we are responsible as a team for doing our job. Common objective, clear roles, expectation, collective response, communication. We got to communicate. Moses said to Joshua, this is what I want you to do. Go and gather some men. You go in the valley and you fight. I'm quite sure there was some communication on top of the hill. Moses said, my hands are heavy. And they heard, Aaron heard, heard, and they were communicating. And when you see the Golden State Warriors, they, they communicate and they know what their job is and they're communicating. Cooperation, number five, you got to cooperate. You got to work with each other. You got to work with each other, not against each other. Mutual respect, mutual respect. I understand that it's Moses' job to be handling that rod. I'm not going to go and grab the rod. The Bible didn't say Aaron and her grab the rod. The Bible said they got on the left side and the right side and held up his arm, held up his hand. They didn't grab the rod. That's Moses' job to have the mutual respect respect. Joshua's fighting them. Moses is not there in that camp respect, fighting. Moses is up on the hill. Mutual uh, respect. We respect that it is Steph's job to shoot that last shot. If we need a basket, we're going to get that ball to him. Or we're going to get that ball to Clay. We're not going to let Draymond Green uh, shoot. But we expect Draymond Green to do his job because we need him to defense and we need him to facilitate mutual respect. What does the per person bring to the table? Each teammate has to respect what others bring to the table. Trust. I got to trust you to do your job. You got to trust me to do your job. We can't be dealing with no jealousy and suspicion and all that. We're not going to perform as a team. If I don't like you and you don't like me and I'm mad at you and I'm concerned about you and Jermaine Green, he said, well, I don't want Steph to be shooting all the time. Listen, I want to shoot the ball sometime. I want to shoot. I want to I want to uh, score in double feet. They're not thinking like that. They, great teams don't think like that. Mutual respect and trust. I trust you because I need you. I need you. Healthy self-esteem, number eight. Healthy self-esteem. Listen, you got you to gotta believe in yourself. You got to believe in what you bring to the table, and you have to be confident in what you bring to the table. Motivation. We can't have part of the team motivated. Other folk, they don't want to show up for practice. Other folk don't want to do their job. Other folk don't want to care out there. No, everybody got to be motivated. Motivation. Sacrifice. 
teammates have to sacrifice. You can't be everything, do everything, have everything your way in when you're on a team. There are some things you may be able to do, but you're going to not do those things and let your teammate do those things, especially if they can do it at a high level, because none of us can do everything at a high level. God did not equip us like that. God equipped us where we would be interdependent. The body, physical body, is the analogy that God uses concerning the church. The eyes, they have a role, and the ears have a role, and my hands have a role, my neck has a role, my kneecap has a role, my legs, my feet, my toes have a role, and every part of my body must sacrifice. Delayed gratification, can't do everything I want. Some things I'm going to have to sacrifice. That's true even in marriage. Some things you can't do everything you want to do. When you want to do it, how you want to do it. You may could do it, but you got to sacrifice commitment. Everybody got to be committed. My body, if it's a good team, every person got to be committed. The feet got to be committed to walk. The hands got to be committed to grab. The eyes have to be committed to see. The ears have to be committed to hear. Every team mate must be committed and accountability. We got to hold everybody accountable. We got to hold every, every team member must hold themselves accountable but we must hold ourselves accountable. So what are some of the elements of uh, an effective team? uh, Number one, a common objective. Number two, clear roles and expectations. Number three, collective responsibility. Number four, communication. Number five, cooperation. Number six, mutual respect. Number seven, trust. Number eight, healthy self-esteem, confidence. Number nine, motivation. Number 10, sacrifice. Number 11, commitment. And number 12, accountability. There's another book that I, I have in my library. I'm a reader. I love to read. There's a book by Ram Sharon. And the name of this book is The High Performance Leader. And in this, in this book, he gives a formula, what I call a success formula. But before I give you the formula, I want to, I want to talk about another team. And I know there's some Los Angeles Lakers talking NBA. I know some you Lakers fans out there, LeBron James fans out there. And I I love LeBron James, too, especially what he's represented in his career and and the kind of role model and the commitment to family. He's just an absolutely amazing. LeBron James is an absolutely amazing leader. But their team with LeBron James, Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, Hall of Famers. I think all of them eventually will be in the Hall of Fame, yet they were not a good team last year. In fact, they didn't even make the playoff. One of the greatest players to ever play, Hall of Famers, but yet they were not a great team because talent is not 
just enough. It's not all. You have to have a team. You can have talent and not have a team. You can have talent and not have a team. Now, listen at this. With that in mind, this book, The High Performance Leader, Ram Sharon, uh, gives a success formula. I want you to listen at it. He says, people quality plus job fit plus collaboration equals team performance. Wow, you better write that down. You need to write that down. You need to write this formula down. Team people quality, say it, people quality plus job fit. Say job fit plus collaboration. Say collaboration equals team performance equals team performance. Now, what, what this basically is saying is that the quality of the people, the people you hire, your volunteers, how well they fit their job and their role, and how well they work together will determine much of the success of the leader in the organization. Listen, this is so powerful. This is so powerful. The quality of the people, people quality, the people you bring on the team, whether it be uh, hires, whether it be volunteers, the quality of the people plus job fit. Now watch this. How will they fit their job and their roles? And that was one of the problems in the Los Angeles Lakers. They had the talent. But they didn't fit. They didn't fit. And then how well they worked together. They didn't work well together. So they lost. And so quality of the people, job fit, collaboration equals team performance equals team performance. Quality of the people, job fit, collaboration equals team, team performance. Now, I want to close this, this lesson. And I want you to listen carefully because I'm going to move kind of fast here. I want to close this lesson by talking about the criteria for team building, the criteria for selecting team members. Number one, there are three things you must look for. Number one, character. Number two, competence. Number three, chemistry. Come on, say that. Character, competence, chemistry. Come on, say it one more time. Character, competence. Chemistry. Character has to do with honesty. You got to have people who are honest in their words, their actions, dependability, trustworthiness when it comes to their character. Do their life uh, match their private life, public life? You got to have character people. You, you can't have lies and cheaters and manipulators on your team. Character people, competence. Competence deal with several things. I'll quickly move you through the layers of confidence. Skill set, attitude, ability to submit, availability is all on the competence. Competence deals with skill set. The people you bring in on the team should have the ability, the training, experience, or confidence to do what you want them to do. Skill set. For example, Joshua was a military person. 
You don't want to put Aaron down in the valley fighting. He doesn't have the skill set. You want to put Joshua. He's a military person. He has the experience. He has the skill set. He has the training to be in the valley. Skill set. Does the person have what it takes to do the job you're asking them to do? The Spirit of God said this to me years ago, and I keep a journal, and he said this to me, you lack skill and skill positions. He didn't say you lack talent. He said you lack skill and skill position. In other words, he was telling me as a pastor, you have some people in some positions that they don't have the skill set to do what you have given them the position to do. Skill set. Now, in other words, don't surround yourself with people like you. That's good. Select people with different strengths and different skills. Become comfortable. We talk about competence. Become comfortable with people who know more than you know. Oh, you better watch that. This is a general rule, but you have to stay open to God. Why you have to stay open to God? Because we see in Scripture there were times when God selected people who had no prior experience or training and yet he selected them. Joseph didn't have prior experience. Daniel didn't have prior experience. Nehemiah didn't have prior experience. David didn't have prior experience. So there are times now, that's the exception rather than the rule, but there are times when God may lead you to select somebody that does not have the prior experience, but they can be developed into doing that. But for the most part, you're looking for people who have the skill set to do what you want them to do. But com competence also involves attitude. Do they have a positive, willing mind? It also involves the ability to submit. Are they willing to submit to your authority? Don't bring people on your team. They don't want to submit to your authority, and they don't want to submit to the authority of delegated authority. Do they have the ability? Are they available? Sometimes people have the skill set. Sometimes they have the training, the experience, but they are not available. Do they have sufficient time, energy, and desire to do it? You don't want to put people on your team and they can't show up. They can't come to meetings. They can't participate. They can't get involved because they're involved in other stuff. Now, that doesn't mean you can't use them in an advisory capacity because you may need have people who cannot be available on the level you want them to be available, so don't put them on your team, but allow them to give you some advisory, put them on an advisory uh, capacity so you can get advice from them, availability. And then third, character, competence, chemistry. How do they get along with other people? How do they get along with other people? Do they fit well with the people you have on the team? Chemistry. So when you're selecting teams, members, remember character, competence, and remember chemistry. Listen, I know I threw a lot at you today, but I want you to do this. Paul said to Timothy, consider what I say and the Lord will give you understanding. So I want you to go back. I want you to listen to this episode. 
And, and I want you to meditate it on it. Listen to it several times. And I believe it is going to revolutionize your life. So now we've complete, completed two parts of the essence of the leader. L the essence of leadership. We've talked about what is a leader. Part two, we talked about what are the goals of the leader. Now we're going to move over into part three in our next episode. Listen, I love you and thank you for taking this journey with me. And I pray you have a successful rest of the week.